welcome to Mount Rushmore Podcast. I'm Jeff Hopkins. I'm joined by my good buddies, Richard Manfredi, Luke, and Michael Winfield. Howdy. These guys spend a lot of their time arguing with each other about the Mount Rushmore of things, the four things that best represent a certain topic. And when they argue, they, they use up a lot of energy and their stomachs start grumbling and they start to get hungry. And there's nothing better to calm a grumbly stomach than a novelty food item. That's right, one of those strange foods that gets invented and comes around and, and marketed to kids and adults alike. And they're kind of bizarre. Well, we're going to talk about those in this episode. So I, I picked the topic, guys. The judge picked the topic. Isn't that weird? Congratulations. Good job. Oh, yeah, gold so, star for you. So <laughs> not impressed. Your disdain is Why did you pick? Why did you Yeah, what was, the, what was the impetus for this? Well, I have to admit that I grew up with kind of a, um, a, a common, the, the, commonly the foods that I grew up with are either healthy foods or foods that a family on a limited budget would serve to their kids. So we had uh, such wonderful, like um, Frank McCourt, Angela's Ashes dietary, you know, <laughs> menus of, of like, like a potato soup or cabbage or just like some hamburger that was grilled up and mashed in with peas. Just some grain. Just some grain in a bag. Each kid got their own bag, which was cool. Right. So I always was jealous of the kids who got to eat these novelty foods. We know these foods. They're kind of things that almost seem like a marketing idea first and a food second. Like Clark Griswold or some of the other food scientists kind of looked and thought, we need something crunchy or we need something that mashes together two different elements and brings them together. So uh, that's something I was always jealous of as a kid and that's something I've always wanted to hear from some other adults who were once kids and had those experiences. So that's that's what today's topic is about. So since I was the chooser, I get to pick which of you guys go first. Uh, I'm going to spin a bottle of Goober Grape peanut butter and jelly mixed in. Which, by the way, is America's favorite <laughs> was peanut was butter and grape <laughs> mixture, which is what it says on the thing. Goober Grape was voted in the uh, um, Combination Peanut Butter and Jelly Awards. Do you remember they have those every year? Just, yeah. I think it's oh, part of the Peanut Butter Awards. Yeah, the Combo, the combo Awards. Although Sponsored by Combos. <laughs> sponsored by Combos. That's so weird. <laughs> was voted America's favorite. Canada and Mexico, they all chose different ones, which was weird. But this is America's favorite. So I'm going to spin the bottle and it landed on Mike. So, Mike, Michael, you go first. Oh, yeah, you have to kiss Jeff. <laughs> Seven minutes in the closet. Uh, I have uh, four categories this week. I'm uh, jumping in front of Richard, who's been biting my style lately. The first one is breakfast, and I'm going with the cronut. Whoa, wow. Which is a newer novelty a food thing. invention. Yeah. yeah, and uh, invented in 2013 by um, Dominique Ansel out of New York City, where Ooh, New York. Get a rope. Ooh. So <laughs> why are you against New York? Like out of the gate, you're eliminating all one of our listeners there. <laughs> I'm not saying which borough, but one of them from they New York. Were, they were the one state that didn't vote for Goober Grapes. Exactly. <laughs> I don't like them, yeah. Um, because the Goober Grapes does not use New York water. <laughs> you didn't think donuts could get uh, better or more different? I don't know if they are with the cronut, but they're certainly uh, a lot more interesting. Tell um, us what the cronut is. The cronut is a combination of a donut and a crow. They, they take a crow and they wring it out and all the juices. Uh, it's a donut and a croissant. And I guess uh, this guy at his restaurant was looking for a new uh, new dessert and someone was like, or a new baked item or something and they were like, hey, you don't have a donut. And he was like, I don't, I don't know how to make donuts. Mm-hmm. So he did some research and he knew how to make croissants. So he figured out how to basically take like the laminated sort of interior. It's well, That's what it's called. Like okay. Laminated dough. It's I thought you were just making like a like some sort of aspersion about it, like the flavor. So he took this uh, this kind of laminated dough, these layers of dough, and kind of fastened them into a donut. 
coconut shape and figured out the right temperature um, and the right kind of oil on how to kind of flash fry like yeah. like a croissant in a donut and then glaze it up and sugar it up and there you go. Was Los Angeles the only place that went crazy for the cronut? Because I think the, the cross current that comes between New York and L.A. meant that there were all these people who had it in New York and when it came to L.A., people were freaking out. That's I remember people like tweeting about the cronut. There was a, I guess... Uh, he first like released it around like Mother's Day 2013 and it just so happened to be that one of those bloggers <laughs> one of those famous food bloggers yeah. was uh, in this in the shop in his store and uh, kind of picked it up and ran it in the store and it kind of took off and I'm sure that they have cronuts all over yeah now. I imagine that helped because it coincided with about the time where between um, Instagram and Facebook everybody's posting their food so it's inadvertently the best place to advertise I, I guess that probably seems about right yeah. there was one I guess there's a little bit of controversy someone had claimed that they invented the dosant before <laughs> in 2008 and uh, another person in 91 a different dosants so, yeah. you know, I think things like, you know, like when comedians write the same joke yeah. and it's not necessarily uh, theft, they just had the same comedic idea. I think the same thing happened, but someone probably just did it so much better. Yeah. It had a better name. I, I think partially is it was just named perfectly. Yeah. And there you go. Yeah. Do you think there were other things he tried to combine the croissant with before he got to croissant and donut? Mm -hmm. Like uh, croissant uh, bear claw or something? Or <laughs> this, this orange tastes weird. <laughs> <laughs> croissant and like steak. In I was traveling in, in Germany and they have a, a place called, oh, they have a croissant bag that was like a I think a baguette and croissant hmm. yeah I'd eat that I'd eat that yeah I'd eat that too did you bring any we finally have a catchphrase for our podcast guys. I'd eat that <laughs> zing <laughs> alright Richard what's your first okay so my first one I do not have categories so fine my oh, wow. back off how do you keep your ideas in place it's almost like I have to think of four of them independently that's a lot of things yeah <laughs> so I'm going with a drink I know it's one that uh, Michael is uh, fond of as well and it is the uh, high C ecto cooler wow uh, ecto cooler still exists in some circles I think they renamed it after you know Ghostbusters fell out of fashion oh. and it like continued on as like orange something or yeah, other yeah I love like, before the podcast we were talking about what our parents made for us for like lunch and one of the things is I used to have a high C ecto cooler in the freezer and by the time it, it got to like lunchtime uh, it would be kind of thawed but kind of not this is a great choice yeah no I uh, I drank a lot of this when I was a kid as well and it's funny I took telling my wife my choices and she had never heard of Ecto Cooler which is just strange and maybe it was a, a male-female split but I don't think well so. not anymore thanks Ghostbusters <laughs> yeah <anyway>. well <laughs> now we're treading into dangerous and problematic territory what does it with taste like there's going to be an Ecto Martini <laughs> it's citrusy it's a little bit kind of sour that's embalming fluid <laughs> yes well you take a Slimer and you just <laughs> squeeze them out like a crow and it's got just a hint of Dan Aykroyd <laughs> no it's uh, was actually before they named it Ecto Cooler there was previously something called a citrus cooler. Okay. Um, and it was a release in 89. It was a tie-in for the real Ghostbusters mm -hmm. cartoon. The, the real ones, not yeah. the... Uh, not Ghostbusters with the giant monkey. Yes. <laughs> Which is its own... That would be a good topic, by the way, like... The regular Ghostbusters had a, their own drink, but it was not good. <laughs> yeah, it was just... It was you, a, you take a gorilla... You sweat. Yes, <laughs> thank you. And it actually lasted until 2001. I mean, it was out for you know, what, that was 12 years. 
they eventually replaced it with shouting orange tanger green. <laughs> you know, something that just really rolls off the tongue. My favorite thing is the all these seemed like marketing people came up with slogans and a drink was an afterthought entirely. Right. Like they needed something that was green, but they wanted something citrusy. Yeah. So how do we how do we do this? Yeah. And but people loved the taste. I mean, after they kind of repurposed it and they kind of changed the flavoring. There were people who were trying to figure out, there were like websites where you people were like testing and testing to try to get the exact oh. mix to make their own. And now you mentioned the new movie. Last month they released, re-release Ecto Cooler. That's great. I got to pick it up. Um, well, it's hard to do. They only released it in like four stores and great, great marketing guys. <laughs> well, they, I think they want to do that like kind of limited release sort of get everyone like mm-hmm. amped up about it. So they're saying, well, if you can't find it in your store, you know, tell your store that you want the Ecto Cooler. And then get a gun. Because of the new <laughs> Ghostbusters. Tracks them down. And you can, I think, if you look right now on eBay, like, the new cans of it, or the, I think they're cans, are, like, going for hundreds of do- dollars for That's a 12-pack. I mean, people are just nuts for this stuff. So That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, Michael, what's your second category? My next category is the snack. Ooh. And so I went for a genius, an ingenious invention uh, with the Handy Snacks Cheese and Crackers. Oh, wow. And the uh, the nice little addition. It's that little red. The red. That little piece red of plastic. plastic. Yep. Um, like, combining cheese and crackers isn't that big a deal. Like, you have it, like, at nice uh, parties. Yeah. And those two together aren't that special. But when you add a nice Ritz cracker and some kind of questionable cheese, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you get something that every kid from the 80s has has eaten in their lunch at least at least one time. And that's the cheese that when you had a a, like a hole in your wall from like hanging up a picture, you could kind of use it as spackle. It it dries. It dries nicely. It's the stuff that the people who make Velveeta go, yeah, we're not going to touch that. (laughs) Send it back. The truck bad cheese goes on back to the cheese factory. I think I just like this because it was such a simple solution to something that would like that was an actual problem. You couldn't really you don't really serve them together without yeah. it and without you know getting your fingers all weird or yeah. or having the you know cracker it broken off in in a little bucket. seems akin to the ballpark malt, which is not at all like a beverage, but it's like a, a block of, That's, of that is my favorite thing at Dr. Yeah, Stadium. the malt's really good. I'm a big fan of the malt. But then you get that wooden spoon that just splits in half immediately. <laughs> you get splinters and it goes right through your tongue. That's really great. No, I mean, like, or like we would get like the little tiny like Sunday cups or like the smaller cups yeah. and they had like the, it was like the really super hard ice cream, like the most kind of chalky kind of ice cream or like real crystallized mm-hmm. with like the, the fake chocolate kind of through it and you get like the spoon that would be part of it. Yeah. But if you tried to eat it with like the re- like a regular spoon, it just didn't taste right. It yeah. had to be eaten with like a <laughs> crappy wooden spoon. Yeah, yeah that would it, it would suck the moisture out of your mouth. Um, yeah, with each bite. Yeah. yeah. Also, also on the Mount Rushmore spoons, uh, tiny spoons <laughs> is the uh, the little the Baskin uh, Robbins. Baskin Robbins taste spoon. It's just it's just the right size. It's perfect. <laughs> and right then color. Then I imagine Margot Kidder had like a silver spoon around her neck on a chain uh, in the the seventies through the nineties. So um so. She Cheese and this is this kind of the cheese and crackers for people who aren't sophisticated enough for for just regular cheese and crackers. It's the cheese and crackers for the uh, nine year old little kid yeah. that is taking it to lunch every day, and you know just peels. It's like that's so satisfying. Just peels back and uh, yeah, perfect little. I also imagined it as the truck driver's cheese and crackers. Like a guy's on the road, he can't carry nothing. He can, he can have no spoon. He doesn't have brie with him. Doesn't the have a bear. Is, a cheese slicer. Right. <laughs> <a>, uh, <laughs> Waterford uh, <laughs> water or water crackers. 
a shipment of Roquefort that was supposed to meet him at the next stop wasn't there. <laughs> breaker, breaker. <laughs> I just wouldn't board as a... <laughs> Come on back, Pierre. Are you there? <laughs> so uh, what's your second? I, go ahead, Richard. Okay. So my second one, I am going with a, going to the dessert round. Wow. Skipping okay. a little ahead here. Oh, okay. Although it is like 150 degrees. So this actually sounds like it would be a good idea. And I'm going with the Choco Taco. Oh, wow. Which I know with certain groups of our friends is a, uh, a big hit, Michael. Who loves the Choco Taco? Uh, I think the Grandlands are. Uh, okay. Uh, in fact, I believe that. Um, You're eating them right now. <laughs> I believe that the Mrs. Grandland managed to get the Choco Taco installed as a food option at our former kickball bar. Oh, that is impressive. Yeah, that's pretty good when you go to a bar enough or have enough pool that you can say, hey, can we get this dessert thing? On the menu, I go, okay. I long to be a proprietor of an establishment where drunk people can just march up to me and change my entire... <laughs> the, cust- <laughs> the customer is always right, even if they're drunkenly slurring that they want Choco Tacos. Um, but it's... What's the allure of the Choco Taco? Because it's it's a taco, okay. and then it's got ice cream in it. Okay. It's covered in chocolate. Okay. And that's on top usually, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you want more than that? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just like the... Richard per- has me by my lapel just to... <laughs> yeah. You... <laughs> It's just like the perfect kind of like bite. You can hold it in your hand. Like it just feels good when you're getting ready to eat it. It's got the nice thick waffle. Unfortunately, uh, after November, Donald Trump is getting rid of all Choco oh. Tacos. Oh, oh really? They got them back on the border. Can't stand them. And it's also reduced fat ice cream, by the way. Oh, it is. Uh, so it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a healthy option. So go ahead and eat up, Tubbies, because <laughs> you can just have like like me. I'll just have three or four of them, and I feel good about it. You the know, man on the internet said it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's fine. Go ahead. And it was actually, uh, it was only available on ice cream trucks until like 1996. Wow. Didn't know that. It wasn't available in store. So you had to go to your local I, um, guy who probably just got out of prison for uh, for child pornography a couple of years ago. <laughs> I want peddling, to Peddling his, his chocolatey ice cream wares. I love that. I want to, if you want a job where you're not going to be in one place for very much time, <laughs> you can leave uh, being an ice cream truck driver. Yeah. Did you guys have ice cream trucks growing up? Oh, sure. Yeah, I yeah. Had, did you yeah. ever actually go to them? I, all the time. Uh, you know, you you get that you get in the guy's van. And then, right. Wait, wait, hold on. Different uh, thing. Different thing. No, I had a. I don't know. I liked. Um, I was like bomb pop. Yeah. Which was pretty good. And uh, any any ice cream that looked like something. You know, if, if an ice cream looked like a Ninja Turtle and had yeah. that horrible gumball eyes, <laughs> right. I was all in. As long as the, you know the gum that like cracks your teeth, that you, you regret like, instantly. It was all shaped like a foot, and the gumball was in the big toe, <laughs> like a corn on. <laughs> Wardy's ice cream. Mm. I'm pretty sure it was just called Bigfoot. I'll have a Bigfoot, please. And it was just a pink foot with a blue toe. Yeah. Now, the Choco Taco was great because it was like getting a waffle cone ice cream, but it, without like having to like worry about getting the Dutch involved. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like or like a drumstick, except drumsticks perpetually like the bottom would fall out and you'd wind up with the ice cream all leaking on the bottom. But you don't have to worry about the, with the Choco Taco because yeah. it's encased in a protective layer of chocolate. No, I think the early Reese's peanut butter cup campaign showed the bastard creation of the cup by some kind of like chocolate truck hitting a peanut butter truck. Yeah. Can you describe the Choco Taco? It's like an orgy. It's like a, a big old gangbang <laughs> of, of reduced fat ice cream, waffles, and chocolate. Vanilla walked in the door and... It dropped uh, its keys into the <laughs> into the bowl and pulled out waffles and chocolate. Ruining childhoods, one foodstuff at a time. That's Mount Rushmore Podcast. So, uh, 
each of these gentlemen has registered their first two choices, and uh, it's my turn to ask you to come into the dialogue and let us know what your favorite novelty food items are. And you can do that by going to our Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can even go into Instagram if you wanted to and tag Mount Rushmore Podcast in a photo of your favorite food stuff. We'd love to hear from you regarding your opinions on this topic, your suggestions, and ideas you may have for future episodes of the Mount Rushmore Podcast. So we have gone past our halftime, and we are going to listen to Michael say what his third choice would be. I've moved on to dinner. Oh, wow. And I moved on to the stuffed crust pizza, oh, which yeah. is also on my, my list. Oh, yes. Good. Good. Let's talk about this abomination. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, okay. Invented in 1995. They, so they say. So they say. We invented a nuclear bomb in the 40s, and it took till 1995 to invent stuffed crust pizza. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of, uh, I I guess Richard's done the research too. There was a lot of uh, Hmm. lawsuits, consternation, and lawsuits. Anthony Mongelio claimed that he invented it first, his family, and he sued Pizza Hut for $1 billion. $1 billion? Yeah, he said he had a patent for it. He patented the idea, the concept of putting cheese in the crust. They got to uh, $1 billion because their patent was expiring in 2004, and uh, apparently that was their estimate, the estimate money that Pizza Hut would have made oh. off of just stuffed crust pizza. They did not win this lawsuit <laughs> uh, and stuff. And, you know, Pizza Hut has been making uh, and inspiring terrible pizza combinations ever since, mm. including the uh, garlic knot crust pizza, wiener dogs and hot dogs. and the pizza Yeah, crust. that thing can go fuck off. Mm-hmm. And the triple decker pizza, which now I might have a lawsuit against Pizza Hut because... When I was in high school, I was in line getting the really terrible uh, reheated pizza. Like, Pizza Hut would come to our school. Not them, but they would, like, you know, it's terrible. One of their affiliates. Yeah, they're, like, like, these reheated pizzas. And I was in line with Josh Singer. And I was like, you know, it'd be great? A double-decker pizza. And I guarantee the guy that didn't speak English that was selling us these these pizzas overheard that. And it's now, now an executive vice president at Yum uh, Foods. <laughs> That's and said, right. Yeah. And one year later, the triple-decker pizza that came out and listen first they got the name wrong so <laughs> I mean I can see why they change it because yeah. they didn't want you know want to claim that they took my idea but listen they've been making bad ideas there's we, we can we can come up with, by the way with a whole Mount Rushmore of bad pizza ideas that yeah. have there's listen there's nothing wrong with pizza guys stop trying stop <laughs> trying to like make yeah. it better yeah you're, not, you're not doing it but make better pizza that's how you make pizza better I think it's funny make that's, pizza that's, better again listen I'm wearing a very controversial shirt right now that says vote for pizza make pizza better yeah. Don't make better. Wait, I got. Well, now you're all screwed up. I got. I'm all Four more years. Four more years. <laughs> Let's not even get into what was the uh, 7-Eleven pizza sandwich thing. Oh God, pizza or pizza? It's a pizza. Yeah, it was a pizza sandwich. Listen, if you need if you need one reason not to vote for Donald Trump, it was for his inclusion in a the 1995 pizza commercial where he's eating pizza backwards. He's doing it wrong. New Yorkers, everyone out there, Donald Trump eats pizza wrong. Well, no, because that's the whole like point of the ad is that he put his name on it. He can't go back. Is that you're supposed to eat the stuffed crust pizza backwards, which I wouldn't do anyway. It's off. Also. 
Ringo Starr and the monkeys were involved. I don't know who I feel star- sadder for. Oh, monkeys yeah. or Ringo Starr for being involved with, with well, the other people. Well, the Either monkeys. I feel bad about Ringo Starr for being doing a Pizza Hut commercial with the monkeys, or I feel bad for the monkeys oh, yeah. doing a Pizza Hut commercial with Ringo, with Ringo. Starr. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny because I have been trying to sell Domino's and Pizza Hut on my crust lovers pizza for years three different types of crust <laughs> no toppings just all the all crust yeah. pizza just I've concentric been, circles of yeah. crust all the way out to the middle I get a lot of vague emails back from that <laughs> so like they're still running it past their idea guys so I yeah I mean and the stuffed crust pizza the, it's like the cheese is just gross it's weird it's they, they not cl- like it's they claim it's like mozzarella a, no it's not 100% not. Uh, me and my wife were up in... Um, Nozzarella. It's Nozzarella. <laughs> we were up in Petaluma at this place called like Old Chicago Pizza uh, a couple weekends ago. and That's a franchise, right? Yeah, there's yeah. one in... Minneapolis. They have a few of them, I guess. Yeah. And you know, Is there any in Chicago? <laughs> no. It's vaguely Chicago style. Yeah. Uh, but like they had like a layer of cheese on the bottom, as you should for a Chicago style, but like the cheese was was very reminiscent of uh, the, the cheese. goo from inside AS stuff. It was pizza. very strange. I was eating, I was like, I know this is supposed to be mozzarella, but it's like a weird off mm-hmm. kind of tangy. It wasn't very good. Yeah. yeah, maybe I was doing it wrong because I would have the few times I've had it, I had it just ate it the regular way. And then you're stuck with just this crust of like <laughs> gooey molten Which is, but, but it's already kind of cooled off so now it's like kind of lukewarm sort of semi-gelatinous string cheese yeah. that's now like turbine turned into ugh no thanks pass pass although I mean I, it's, it's on here because it is something that was like a huge deal it was revolutionary oh yeah to them. I mean they, 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 they said that they increased their profits 7 to 10 percent that first year is that right because yeah. of stuffed crust pizza and I think some of these things have in common their ability to just kind of blow our minds that all these ingredients that we've had already before pizza uh, I mean dough and cheese that they find some way to put it together that like like the peanut butter and jelly in mixed together in a stripey configuration in this ball what is this jar um, I think all these food concepts start with really cool ideas first and they don't really follow up a lot of times with yeah, flavor except for the chocolate taco I will defend the chocolate taco yeah, right. one thing you shouldn't you shouldn't uh, fall for is anything new that comes out of Taco Bell no, they just bad. have they just have like a wheel that they spin that has a various items that are just reconfigured it's all the same thing it's like they have eight ingredients basically and it's just how how many different it's like a math equation yeah. if you have eight different ingredients how many different uh, com- combinations of food items yeah. can you make yeah. so it's eight times seven but then you it's basically that's the Taco Bell method do you feel like also it's in the Taco Bell test kitchen, it's a bunch of guys in white lab coats just hitting a bong furiously all day long to try to come up with something. Yeah, no, I think that and Jack the Box, I think, had that going for a while, too, yeah. where they were, like, pretty much overtly advertising. Like, they had that late-night snack box. Yeah. And they were basically, they're advertising, get really stoned and then go to Jack. <laughs> what Taco Bell needs to do is, like, team up with a casino and have, like, a, like a, a, a lever you pull, yeah. and it just cycles through, you know, seven different combinations, and whatever you get... <laughs> it's like beans and, and then, then you get like a and thing then you get a thing that comes out at the end and it's like you know the quesarita and it all sounds ex- it tastes exactly when you win you lose like, <laughs> I got seven tortilla oh man <laughs> just, just 
just got to eat seven Can't tortillas. even get a beverage. Uh, I, will, I will go to any Taco Bell that will just hand me the sour cream gum for five minutes. And just let me do whatever <laughs> just I Just go to town with it. <laughs> just go to town with it. No questions asked. Swipe my card. So you each have the same third choice. Who wants to start on four? I'll, I'll do my last one. Go, oh, go ahead. I'll go ahead and go. Um, and this is, again, I think part of the uh, charm of this podcast is Michael and I were trying to identify the four most representative topic, things that represent a topic. That doesn't necessarily mean it's things that we love. Like, neither of us like stuffed crust pizza, but we recognize it's a lure. Yeah. It's a lure. And I kind of feel the same way about my last choice. Although I don't have as much of a intense dislike for it. Um, it is something that I know other people get inordinately excited about whenever it makes an appearance. Usually in the fall, usually there's a lot of uh, media excitement about it. Uh, it's the McRib. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I... I usually hear in the era. <laughs> yes, the trumpets will herald yeah, and the thought, arrival yeah. of yeah, and a montage of people looking over their shoulder, like in the Hunger Games or something like that. Yeah, the the, the I must be too hungry. Yeah. games basically. Now the McRib is was actually first introduced in 1981, and the reason it was created was because they just come out with chicken McNuggets, mm. and they were so popular they had a chicken shortage and couldn't get the pink slime chickeny stuff out to all of the franchisees fast enough. So they decided they needed another new food to come out to a keep pork. the franchisees happy. A pork slime? A pork slime <laughs> thing, yeah. So they decided to go with the pork sludge that is can be reconfigured into a vaguely rib-looking shape that is the McRibs. I have not had the McRib. And Neither have I. I, 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 tr- I tried to once, and then I just couldn't do it. Yeah. It just looked so I'm gross. always spooked by anything in which the bones are molded into the meat. Is it true that like it looks like a piece of meat, but then kind of bones kind of... Part well, they're of the fake mold. bones. They're like, yeah, I mean... Yeah. No, I mean, like, why would you... You're not actually eating bones. But they're meat. They're, it's, a, it's a bone mold, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's basically made to look like a, th- a rack of ribs. Okay. But it's basically just pork shoulder. Um, although the rumor going around for years has been that it's kangaroo meat. That's <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> How expensive would that be? I mean, like, just... No, they got big kangaroo farms out there, you know, by, by Ojai. They're just getting them out of there. Cows don't hop and attack with their feet. Uh, it's yeah. so, so much easier to catch a cow. I, I feel that way about crab meat too. Like, yeah. it feels like you could stick a, you know, put a, put a stick near a crab. That crab's gonna just bat, bite his pinchers onto that stick, and you've caught a crab. But yet, chickens you have to chase around, and we got plenty right. of chicken. This is stuff that's gonna get cut out of the podcast, Richard. Yeah, hey, editing cut here. One hundred and one, three, two, one, and oh, back to boy. the good stuff. No, so it was um, actually discontinued in, 90, in eighty-five because of poor sales. Surprisingly enough, people were enthralled with eating. Of pork flavored stuff. Wow. Although, you know, like I said, I have had it a few times. It's fine. It's pork tasting. Mm-hmm. It's not great. It's not terrible. I mean, it's McDonald's. So it's not the worst thing you could eat at McDonald's. Certainly not. I don't think it's the best. McDonald's, I think, is is well known, of course, for the, their, their food, but also their marketing. And I remember the Arch Deluxe was something that was heavily marketed as the grown up hamburger. Yeah, it mm-hmm. had like a, a peppered bacon and like a different type of sauce on it. Was that the one that came in two parts that you put it together? No, that's the McDLT. McDLT. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It keeps the hot side hot. That was for, yeah, the cool side. That cool. was for the nerds to put together and reconfigure into. <laughs> the problem with the McRib is that they didn't have like a cartoon character that fully represented it. Cause, oh, yeah. Because, you know, like a... Uh, Ribby the McRib. Yeah, McRib. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, could have, they could have a Scottish. Well, they have a Scottish. Scottish that came out. They have a Scottish character, don't they? Isn't... Um, 
what's the guy with the big the, is the big Mac the big Mac headed guys there's cop and the mayor were oh the cop and might be maybe I'm thinking of him being Irish mm-hmm. there's all kinds of like racial and stereotype type stuff going and that's on another one of the uh, items that is advertised based on its ability like my father to walk out of my life at any moment yep I mean so it's basically they'll just sort of drop it on you that hey McRib's coming out in two weeks and everyone freaks out yeah and now there's actually spe- also speculation that they time the release of the McRib in the fall because that's when pork uh, prices are the cheapest. Okay. Which makes sense. I mean, I, yeah, makes sense to me. And also, when they first had a, a McRib farewell tour in 2005 when they took it off the permanent. <laughs> And then they came back the next year in October 2006 with the Farewell Tour 2. Didn't McRib... So they did, like, the whole, like, sort of, like, rock rock band that is, like, retiring, and they decided to, like, do a Farewell Tour, yeah. and the next year it's another Farewell Tour. Mc- but, Michael, I thought you would appreciate that. McRib yeah. left and then was playing minor league baseball, I think, for a while, and then came <laughs> yes. back again. Yeah, I guess his dad, McRib's dad, got killed, some well, sort of gambling really, debts or something. Really sad. Yeah, it's kind of a sad tale. Um, but also, um, when it first came back, you guys remember it was part of the Flintstones movie tie-in. Oh, was it? Don't and, remember that. And they had Rosie O'Donnell advertising because they tied it into like the big rack of ribs that would take down Fred's car at the beginning of uh, Flintstones. So they tied that to a vaguely rib-shaped sandwich <laughs> thing. Raise your hand if you masturbated thinking about Rosie O'Donnell. With a McRib. With a McRib. <laughs> either her having a McRib or just masturbating with a McRib. I'll, I will accept either one. Michael, what's your fourth and final? My last one is dessert, and it came together. Uh, it's it's what happens when, when sugar meets sugar <laughs> in that perfect combination of fun dip and lick Oh, delicious. Fun dip used to be known as lick made and it was these four pouches of sugar. And you stuck your finger in it, right? And you stuck your finger in the 40s. And they were just, it was just sugar that was just colored and vaguely flavored like something else. And then some ad wizard in the 70s thought to, some, thought to themselves, you know what? Let's let's avail these kids that are just covered in, in sugar and smearing it all over the cats and getting fur stuck to them. So they invented the uh, lick sticks. The lick sticks. This little horrible sugar stick that you can use to dig out this stuff. You know, it was funny. When I was first making a list, I, I just had like, I started out and I only had sticks. Stick-based. Stick-based food. Stick-based food. I guess that was the... Ex- the extent like a slim gym or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I love these things. It seems like, like the stick was maybe the invention of somebody who worked at a chalk factory who <laughs> had some chalk that was a little too yummy. Well, it's so. like somebody thought, well, we've got pixie sticks. How can we get something yeah. that's even more the sugar Pixie involved? sticks were like a different, they were made by a different brand. So you, you can get your sugar in like straw form or in pouch uh-huh. form. And or you can smoke a candy cigarette. Oh, you, you know, it's funny, <laughs> you bring back the, the, uh, the provenance of the fun dip because my dad told me that story about Lickinade when I was having a fun dip. And it was kind of like he was one of those kids these days. They get a stick. <laughs> back in my day, we had to use our finger. It was so funny. I do wonder was there uh, was the product somehow you know re- receiving bad reviews from the health department and people accused the the, the food when it rather was just people have nasty fingers and <laughs> so they uh, gave a stick. I've always I've always loved fun. Did you eat it at the pool? That's where I had it at the swimming pool. Uh, no, I think we got them at you know Richard mentioned the uh, the ice cream truck. And we had like a we had an ice cream truck that sold like other novelty things like here in LA like mm-hmm. there was like this weird this weird like cinnamon this Mexican sugar candy that came in like this little like push pop thing that was like it was so gross but like they sold them there too they sold them at like convenience like store. ring pops or something like yeah, that yeah. yeah okay so we've each uh, put in our four choices 
And at this point, I just want to invite you, the listener, again, to come in and go to our website, mountrushmorepodcast.com. There are all kinds of added features there. So we might post the uh, little label on the scuba grape thing. That's phenomenal. Yeah, that's that's America's favorite combination. (laughs) And any kind of links or things to the foods that we've been talking about. And we'll probably post this Facebook Live video that we created that will help describe my favorite as judge. I get to pick one. And my most recent, really most recent favorite is what they've done to yogurt people at some point. (laughs) And there's obviously a pun here with culture. The things that have culture in our country are immediately just slathered on with sugary sweet stuff that is entirely ridiculous. So uh, when I was a child, my mother had a yogurt maker. We all thought of yogurt as this very healthy thing, this food that can can give you much needed vitamin C and calcium and all that kind of stuff. And clearly, kids weren't eating enough of the stuff or there's a yogurt um, abundance that the, the federal government needed to do something about. So yogurt has been injected with sugar and, and fruit and stuff like that. Yogurt Crunch is, I think, one of the most abominations of what the idea of yogurt is. And I think I just don't understand the logic of if you want to eat, get your kid to eat something good, you have to have them eat something bad with it. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, but yeah. Yeah. This, by the way, this is, I think, the first rant on network. Throw open the window. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to take it anymore because I'm mad at hell, as hell at yogurt. <laughs> so uh, in the links to the show, you're going to see our Facebook Live uh, Yogurt Crunch Taste Test. All right. So uh, as judge, uh, part of my duty is something I really just don't like to do. You know, Michael and Richard are good friends of mine, and they're co-godfathers of my child. And it really wait, pains me. You didn't know that? You didn't know I had a child? My wife, if you're listening. Did you know you had a child? So it always pains me to pick one over the other, and I'm going to have to do that this week. And I'm going to choose Michael's selection this week. Uh, and it probably because it just is really more in alignment with the things that I had as a kid, primarily the handy snacks, cheese and crackers, and fun dip and lick sticks. <laughs> what, an aw- what an awful day of eating. If that was like what you started out with, if you started there and ended Guys, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm disappointed about this. I'm gonna go get some stuffed crust pizza. Aww. I'm gonna stuff and make wrap it around a McRib, and then wrap that around a taco taco and oh wash my. it down with some back to it. Who's that at the door? It's our friendly pizza hut delivery person. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Mount Rushmore podcast. We are gonna go have some awful food. I have been Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael.